coming at you live from the Fish Addiction Studio. Your hosts, Mike Olson and Thor Skoy with Fish Addictions, The Real Talk. Hey guys, this is Mike, Thor, and Josh with The Real Talk, and we're back this week. Sorry, it's been a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, we've been busy. A lot of holidays. I mean, there was rifle opener. There was muzzle loader opener. opener. <laughs> There's Thanksgiving. What? That's a holiday? Well, I mean. Eat did, a lot of turkey, take a nap. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> did you not eat turkey? And in the meantime, ice started to form. Oh, yeah. It did. I, uh, I'm indifferent in how I feel about it, to be honest with you. It's like it just came overnight. Yeah. Was it last weekend we were out checking ice conditions? Yeah. Went out, checked a few ice conditions, and. Found a little bit of ice. Ice is growing. This week, things are going to pop open a little bit in some mm-hmm. areas, and other areas are going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, it was real warm out today. Yeah, I talked to a buddy that was traveling from Fargo to Minot today, and he said there's about an inch of water on top of everything he drove past. Mm. That's that's not good. That's I wonder not- what it'll do for, for a whole week of that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of from what I've seen in fluctuating temperatures like that from like the southern side of the ice belt it's not gonna completely open up it'll rot the first couple inches on top which makes for real sketchy early ice because until we get that cold to firm it all back up um keep those spud bars out basically by the time this comes out we'll get that in a couple days it looks like long-term forecast we're sitting right now we'll get a warm week this weekend, and it cools right back. Yeah, it seems week, so. like next weekend or after this weekend, we're back in those teens and single digits for the nights, and doesn't take long with temps I, like that. I'm not the guy that needs to rush out and be the first guy. I out. used to be, but uh, I don't know. Just getting more hunting in, I guess, uh, well, this fall. <laughs> I think I think that's my thing. Is like it always interfered with deer hunting, and mm. I've got an obsession with deer hunting. I love sitting in the woods. Don't get me wrong. I like sitting on the ice and oh, yeah. sharing that with everybody, but my kids love it. I love it. It's just something that we all enjoy. And the one thing I'm learning through all this is you have to stop and do the other things as well. Very true. We've got six months ice fishing up here dang near, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you hadn't uh, invited me out for muzzleloader, um, I would have been ice fishing this weekend, but I kind of, yeah, let's do muzzleloader, yeah. you know, try something a little different. I, uh, I've seen people out on Red Lake now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It always gets me. Like I, I'm so torn on that body of water. Like it's, it's a great fishery mm-hmm. Yep. and nothing wrong with it. The problem that I have with it is you fight and fight. And I know there's guys rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> the internet warriors are looking at us right now saying, Get away from the crowds. I get it. I <laughs> preach whatever. But the thing is, is you pull into one spot and there's 200 vehicles there. You pull in the next spot, there's 100 vehicles there. And I know all the all the great fishermen are up there right now catching all those walleyes and early ice. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Scratch the it, it itch. It looks fun. It's scratching. The it's a itch. good fishery. I mean, the fish are there. Um, it's consistent early ice fishery, but I like to stay away from the crowds a little bit. I mean, I guess people say that about me too because I like going to Lake of the Woods mm-hmm. no matter when, and that's just kind of the same thing. But Here, here's my deal with their own. There's too many people for me to comfortably take a nap. <laughs> sure. I think Thor did. Thor say does the, need his beauty rest. Yeah, Thor said the I other mean, day that. If we ever see him laying on the ice, taking a nap, that we are going to log 
the Thor naps this year. So, like, mm. first episode will be, like, Thor. It'll show a picture of him, just the number one will show up above it. By the end of the season, we'll have to see how many of them actually add up on camera. Well, it's it's going to depend on how many fish you catch. Because if I have to film, if I have to run a camera, I can't nap as much. It's true. <laughs> and if you're napping, that's not good. We right. catch one. I mean, there's definitely going to be nap breaks for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we've been super busy with rifle season. Uh, obviously, hopefully, you guys caught Abby and Jake's deer. We said that we'd have them on, but they're just old enough where they're doing sports. They have so many things. So it's so much going on that's hard to sneak them into the studio because they've got basketball. Abby, I mean, Abby's waking up sometimes at 5.30 in the morning to go to basketball practice. Wow. And she gets home. She's got homework. I mean, it's school. It's craziness. Plus, really. they kids, so they have to go to bed at a decent time. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're out here after basically the kids are going to bed. Yeah. So. It's it's not that we don't want to have them out here, and we will have them out here at some point, or we'll do something with them. They they really enjoyed all their friends thought it was pretty cool. Te- teachers watched the video, their friends watched the video. Nice, it was kind of cool. Abby was a little embarrassed at first, but then like everybody was like, "That was so cool," you know. And then she was good about it. So well, the amount of emotion that she showed, mm-hmm. and then especially having that on camera, like yeah. people get people get self conscious when their emotions are showing to begin. I with. was impressed that she had enough wits about her to pick up the camera and go, I just shot a big buck. I'll say this right now. Because I would have If there's one person to take over my position in my family right now, it's going to be her. Oh, yeah. She will sit in here at the podcast table and literally talk to the camera. In fact, right here, we're going to stick some of that in. Yeah. Holy crap! That is so awesome. You did that all by yourself. Oh my god, Abby! I can't. You listen. Chins. Hold that thing out. Four takes. Thanks. <laughs> 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 and and you know to to. To go back to your point about how she was able to pick the camera up after she shot the deer, after watching all that footage, it was fun because she vlog like she talked to the camera during the entire hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all right, guys. I'm kind of bored right now, but this is so you know, like <laughs> the, the stuff that didn't make it into the show. Yeah, and she was holding the camera when the deer walked in. She's like, I don't remember what she was talking about. She goes. Oh, geez, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes back and she's like, guy, I, you know, and then, and then it was that emotion. That's that funny because she told me she was talking to the camera and the deer came in, but the, she forgot to hit record. So she didn't even think it was recording. Yeah. That's mm. cool. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Cause she told me, she's like, I was like talking to the camera and then I like realized I wasn't actually recording. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well that stinks. But that she really was. Yeah. That's awesome. That was such a cool moment just to capture. You know, yeah. You'll have that forever now. And relive it over and over. <laughs> yeah. But so we just got done muzzle loading. We're putting the guns away now. Mm-hmm. Man, we got a lot to do. We got to, honestly, I've been putting it off. It's like one of those things, like, I mean, I'm sitting next to one of the kings of procrastination. <laughs> so he understands me. Yeah, I get it. But we're, we got to hook the, Pick up camper up. Mm-hmm. We got not only do we the have tracks to hook, put on the ranger. Not only do we have to hook the pickup camper up, we have to figure out how we're going to hook the pickup mm-hmm. camper up. We're just going to put it in the pickup and let it ride. 
throw, throw Thor back there so it doesn't bounce around too much. Can we get yeah. one ratchet strap all the way around the box? <laughs> I mean, why not? That's what I said. Throw a canoe strap over, <laughs> over the doors or in the doors. It'll be interesting to see how that all works out for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, a little nervous about it. Thor's already said he's sleeping in the trailer. Set up a hub. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe not all the time, but some of the time. <laughs> well, we'll see how it works out. I do have that really comfortable cot. You do. That's part mm-hmm. of why. Like, yeah. Like, no matter how much space is in the camper, there's not room to put the cot in the camper. No. So if I want to sleep on the cot, I have to do it in the trailer. We could hang hammocks up across. I thought literally the day we brought the day I pulled it back up here. I was like, oh, I wonder if Josh still has his hammocks because we could oh, yeah. just we could just skip because we were talking about building bunks in there. Oh, I was like, we could just run eye bolts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not for me. I don't. Yeah, I've done. We used to do the boundary waters and hammocks and not bring tents. And for like eight days and 10 days was the longest we did in hammocks. And they're super comfy sleeping. When you, you put a rain tarp on them. Yeah, I was going to say, what yeah. did you do in the rain? Rain yeah. tarps? Yeah. They had, um, so we had camping hammocks that had. The hammock body, and then there was um, nylon bug mash with a zipper to get in, and then a rain fly over the top. Okay. Yeah, that's an experience. Uh, Thunderstorms at night in a hammock where you're not in a tent, and you just look under the tarp, and the whole forest lights up, and you're like, oh, what was that? And then it lights up again, and it's not there, and your mind's just playing tricks with you. Were you, like, swaying in the wind and everything? A little bit, but not not too crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting way to camp. I, I mean, ultralight camping. I definitely recommend it. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself how much I actually really like my amenities now. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like I just watched a video on TikTok the other day. I don't hike, I don't rock climb, but I watched multiple TikToks about a new inflatable bed roll that lets you sleep on your side. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I bet I spent close to an hour. Like, I will never use that product, but... Oh, I've got four of them. That lets you sleep on the side? Um, I have to sleep on my side on the ones that I use. I use the um, Climate brand. Uh, they pack down a little bit bigger than that water bottle, and then they un- unfold and throw them on the tent floor. And okay, I yeah, slept on those for six days elk hunting this fall. Yeah, because these, these ones inflate to something like that okay so you can you know lay down and your ribs aren't digging and did you guys camp up there yeah the whole time oh you did yeah every night we didn't yeah oh only went back into town one day for one shower in six and a half days (laughs) (laughs) and that was that was in new mexico a little from under cheese (laughs) we're uh we're a little ripe brought the baby wipes yeah that that helps I suppose because if you had to hike out every day and mm-hmm. go back in after them, holy mackerel! Mm-hmm. Any experiences while elk hunting? That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, we had some close encounters with some bulls. I did the stick them in the shoulder blade and watch them run away. Which every elk hunter I've talked to is like, "Oh, I did that two years ago. Oh, I did that five years ago." But first animal I've stuck an arrow in and not recovered, so that was a little. I don't know. Got to mentally fight with that for a little bit but um a lot of bear crap ran into a lot of bear crap while i was up on one ridge one morning you know you and i were actually in that same area yep. last year and saw a bear yep 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 and so where we saw that bear down at that water hole this would have been on the ridge to the south and then to the east where it was real high up on top and that's i, I put like 15 elk to bed up there and then went and that's the one i actually shot is those that next evening started right back where i lost them and threw out some Throughout a local, I did have a really weird experience up on top of that ridge, though. So I got up on top, and this is at like eighty-two thousand feet or eighty-eight thousand two hundred feet. 
And I get up on the very top of this ridge and I'm kind of just looking around and letting things settle a little bit, throw a couple cow calls kind of out across the valley, wait a little bit, do a locator bugle, sit, walk about 500 yards down the ridge, sit for a little bit, do a couple cow calls, wait, throw a locator bugle. And all of a sudden it sounded like, uh, like a beef cow was just running at me. Like it, I didn't know what it was. I just, I don't know. And then I'm like, holy crap. And that stopped. And I waited about five minutes, did another locator bugle, and then a bull bugled at me probably 100 yards away. Um, but, yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that was. I don't have an explanation. Super close to you. <laughs> and that was right where I was in all of that bear crap, and I didn't know if I f- spooked a bear that was, like, bluff charging me in the brush or what the heck happened because it was running at me. It wasn't, like, running away mm-hmm. from me. And then I just heard this, <laughs> and it stopped, and then I never heard it again. I pulled my pistol out and just had that on my hip after that happened, but it was in my backpack. I mean, we're in bear and cougar country, but yeah, I had no explanation for what that was. It was really interesting. Could you have wandered into Sasquatch country? It crossed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out there all by myself, miles away from anything up in the mountains, and yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that would have freaked me out. A little bit. Out, out in the red, big, tall mountains. <laughs> <laughs> but, so. well, we do want to obviously talk ice fishing, but yeah. it's been a while, so we wanted to catch you guys up on what's been going on here. Ice, ice fishing. I think you had a few things you wanted to talk about. Well, so kind of what I have always signaled as the start of the ice fishing season is when the shows start. Mm-hmm. So we've got Minneapolis coming up. Yep, absolutely. We've got Fargo. Uh, Sioux Falls already happened. Blaine happened. So. Yeah, it's kind of weird, actually, because yeah. we haven't had them for over a year. Yep. Yeah, almost and forget about them. Yeah, almost. I'm excited to get back to St. Paul just to see. Because every year, like, the St. Paul I show for me is what is new out there, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't really have that hands-on experience what is new of all of the ice. Well, not all, but I would say a very high percentage of the companies that produce ice fishing gear, tackle rods, houses, all of it are in attendance at that St. Paul ice show. And to have a year go by. So we've got two years of innovation that we're going to, you know, be able to Mm -hmm. touch and see at this show coming up this weekend. And that, that was actually going to be my question. What, what product or innovation are you hoping to see this year? I've always been a big fan of ice plastics and just watching the evolution of those ice plastics from like back in the day, the only company was like little Adam or custom jigs and spins had some, some ice plastics and they were very similar in shape and function. Um, and just the, the amount that are on the market is crazy. And every different shape has a different action when you jig it at a certain cadence and the, the stiffness of the plastic and the shape and how much vibration and water disturbance they put out. And that's that's one thing I look forward mm-hmm. to is just checking out all of the various shapes of ice plastics. So I've got like in my head what I would think would be the perfect plastic. And I found some that are really close and some that are not. And, you know, and that's one that I look forward to it's funny i was actually doing a radio show earlier today and that was one of the things they asked was like what what's probably the biggest innovation in in fishing ice fishing right now and i I, my answer was of course we could talk about electronics Mm -hmm. everybody knows about electronics what a lot of people don't understand is 
as the open water world has gone to artificials, mm-hmm. the ice fishing world is strong making that same push very so, and very a lot of baits so. a lot of things that's probably oh. where you see the biggest changes i mean there's always new rod companies there's always mm-hmm. new gadgets for your wheelhouse but artificial baits in general i'll take it a step further over oh, plastics yeah. is just your rattle baits to your jig and wrap type baits to any of that kind of stuff like everybody's making new stuff and there's mm-hmm. a real big push for that right now yep. And uh, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. That's probably my favorite thing to see, too, is I'll tell you one step further than the plastics. It's just the artificial realm yeah. of, of ice fishing. Absolutely. Right I mean, just in the last two, three years, the amount of, I always refer to them as body baits, if they have a rattle or not, um, but your horizontal swimming baits. Um, I mean, we've got basically two classifications, the ones that are lead, uh, puppet minnows, jig and wraps, things of that nature. And then, uh, I mean, way back when this when the salmo chubby darter first oh, came the out chubby darter it's like you can catch a fish on uh something that looks like a crankbait through the ice and, yeah. it, and it was a few years before that really caught on and then everybody had them oh, and yeah. then they came out with um different baits that had similar style with rattles in them and and then it just exploded well, people don't understand is like the jigging wrap was actually originally for ice fishing yeah yeah you know like um, that was developed to jig through the ice. If you look at like overseas at ice fishing tackle, we've got a lot of tungsten jigs, a lot of vertical spoons that are real flashy, um, like nickel or gold plated. And then you've always got those horizontal minnow mm-hmm. baits that are very similar to a jig and wrap. So this was a little bit off tangent, but it goes back to the hard body. Bits. I have never had good success with a Swedish pimple. And that's, I would like to change that this that's year. That's a funny one because I've fished them before, and I don't think I've ever caught anything on a Swedish pimple. You know, they're supposed to be one of the greatest spoons ever made. Yeah. And, so, and I believe the people funny, that say that. Funny Swedish pimple story. So Troy Peterson, Mr. Bluegill, mm-hmm. we filmed with him a couple times, and we're out on Winnebago, and we're fishing white bass and walleyes. And he pulls out the Swedish pimple, silver Swedish pimple. And he's like, this is what you need. So I, I grabbed one, naturally. He fishes there all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put it on. I put a minnow head on. And he proceeded to outfish me with the Swedish pimple with zero bait. Like, literally zero bait. Five to one. Wow. And he says, you put bait on it, it takes the action of the Swedish pimple See, away. I've, I've... And he will, and, and then not only that, that same year, he goes up to the northwest angle Outfishes everybody on walleyes with the Swedish pimple, zero bait. Really? I mean, I think I think it's maybe one of those baits that you have to utilize and work it, you know? Yeah, and I, if and you the, jig them, I mean, you, you pull them up, they basically come straight up, and then they kick on their side and just wobble down. Yeah. And I've just... I just, I, I felt like a less of a man that day. <laughs> I really did, because he just swear. kills it. Yeah, they swear up and down by them. It's the first bait they pick, and it's, I guess if you know, you know, and we don't know. I yeah. didn't know. That's I, for sure. I think that's a video right there. We should go out and beat our heads against a wall. Fish nothing but Swedish Until pimples. one of us figures out how to catch fish with a Swedish pimple. <laughs> I'm up for a challenge, man. I mean, I like, because it is. It's one of those classic baits mm-hmm. that everybody talks about. Another one that was similar like that was that PK Spoon. It came out a few years back. Um, it's kind of a willow leaf, but I had a buddy. He's like, I'm just crushing walleyes on. See, I lake. love the PKs. I do too, but he'd fish them no bait oh. and do way better than I would ever do with bait. Hmm. 
And a lot of guys are tipping spoons with plastics now. Yep. A lot of guys are doing that. I saw this thing. um, You know, we've talked about the, like, the the world ice fishing competition where they use palm rods and they use, like, um, blood worms for bait. Mm -hmm. And... I can't remember what it was. I think I was flipping through TikTok and we were out at the deer shack and it was this device that you, it had four prongs. You put a little rubber band on it and you push a button and the prongs open up and you slip a hook in it and you let it close, but you leave, leave the prongs in it and you go into a tub of blood worms and you open it and close it and then pull the Mm. thing out. So that rubber bands, all the blood worms to your hook and you've got this just little gob of wriggly goodness. Yeah. I I mean, it's almost like a, like for carp fishing with the bread balls. Yeah, similar. But except for the the live blood worms. It's I so it is really too. cool. It was a neat. Ton and on and there. I'm like I want to find some blood worms to try that way. Right. You know, in order to I mean perch <laughs> when it's slow and you're just dangling that like an inch, a half inch off the bottom and it's just wriggling. I would imagine that would dominate. Catch every tiny seven inch perch <laughs> in the system. <laughs> That's the problem with perch. You gotta go to a system that the problem is the system that I know that has the biggest purchase also has a large quantity of, of small the guys, perch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like we literally had no choice but to use minnows there because big enough where the little perch won't eat. Okay. Where we filmed two years ago. Actually, where that guy came from up there. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. they can see him, but that uh maybe. That's one thing is you gotta have that proper predator base. And in a situation like that, I would imagine the large perch are the predator. And once the oh, little yeah. perch gets so big then you've got this period of time where they're, you know, not desirable size, but they're not edible to the larger perch. So there's probably a few year classes in there that are. Oh yeah, I'd yeah. call them annoying. They're I'd, fun, fun for kids. Remember when we were at that one place? Mine, 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 yes. mine, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. And we're like down the hole looking at. It. I was like, nope, not you. Sight nope, fishing. not you. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, there's a big one. Nope, come on. Oh, yep. here comes the big one. Nope, not you. Oh, oh. <laughs> Drive you insane. <laughs> Yeah, we were out there all day. <sighs> I was dizzy. After. I couldn't imagine. I don't even know the number of perch we put topside, but we did get some big ones, and it was, yeah, just a sight fishing keep away game. We got some of those, some of these. Some of these. <laughs> <laughs> Classic episode. Oh, if you go man. back to fishing with Ross, our buddy Ross Swenson, back before he I think that killed was, it on the Pike episode last year. I, I think that was a vlog, or I think that was a that was, fishing report. That was I don't even know if that report. was a full episode. That, that what it was? That was way that back. That was an old wow. fishing report. Oh. That was from year one. So I we probably won't see it this year at, at any of the fishing shows. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how electronics change now that everybody has an available live sonar so did you see that video that jay siemens put out today i I haven't watched them but i haven't watched them. i watched about half of it and it was a really neat side-by-side comparison fishing uh the lawrence the garmin yeah he had all three of them all three of them on the ice side by side and he had one camera viewing all the screens at the same time and uh, he caught them so they were you know easy to see on a youtube video but just being able to compare the differences between all of the units and which ones perform at the resolution, which ones are better at lack of leg, which ones mark fish better, which ones mark structure at a distance better. I mean, it's, it's, they all have their pros and cons, but it's, it was a really cool video because it was the whole idea was 
It's for you to decide. I'm just putting mm-hmm. this information out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a really neat. good job with that. Well, and and because we've been talking about it since Panoptics came out mm-hmm. that we need a competitor. Yep. You know, to drive the price down. Well, not only <laughs> that, but to drive the innovation. Yeah, that too. you know. So so Garmin came out with Panoptics, and they dominated for three. Well, Panoptics yep. first. And and then they doubled down on it, and they came out with LiveScope yep. before anybody else had one. So they they did the first, and you know they did version one and version one point five, yep. maybe version you know version two. I don't know how you want to call it, but you know we're going to be seeing those. My know, mind goes now they have to, to what's compete next, right? You know what's the next step past LiveScope, Mister Mister NDA with the smirk over here. <laughs> It's yeah. it's it's fun to just watch the whole thing go down. I mean, uh, I got we got to be a part of it with fish addictions when back when Panoptics was there, right. and then I don't know if people should actually go back and look at the video we did for our was introduction it, to Garmin. Was it the Where catfish you, one? No, with the auger spinning. Like oh the one yeah, we, did the, we like came up with this really cool idea and way you back. Waited out to your neck. Waited <laughs> out in the ice and spun the auger. Did all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. I mean, yeah. And the things that are going to happen and coming are going to be awesome too. I'm sure. I it, mean, it's just a, uh, it's yeah, you know, it's it's a fun. It's that's. All right. It's it's fun to be a part of, mm-hmm. but also there there is a double standard to it. You know what I mean? Like we have to learn as sportsmen, like I had this conversation on the radio today mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. We have to as sportsmen learn how to limit ourselves. Limit our and, and reserve our resources mm-hmm. with as as everything I actually had an argument on the radio show <laughs> about this today. One guy was totally against all of this. Against and, against the live sonars? Yeah, would like to see it gone. Um, and that's never going to happen, so Ooh, just no. get over it. It's just like the underwater to. cameras when they first came out. Right. And there an, was some, an underwater camera is arguably the, the same. You know, correct been, me if I'm wrong, but for a while, underwater cameras were banned in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, with the first couple of years that uh, I believe it was Aquaview was the first on the scene there. Um yeah, they they were banned. Um, but that's back when it was like this little tiny white screen, and mm-hmm. you had to look through this. It was like yeah. a big funnel. And yeah, you're, you're just staring here. Yeah, jamming. and yeah, they're they're wicked cool. But those have come so dang far too. And I I can see situational banning. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like with the with the sturgeon harvest in Wisconsin, people are against using the live sonars because mm-hmm. it leads to a lot of blind throwing. That makes sense. You yeah. know, where you where you see it on your sonar, but you can't actually see it, but you throw a spear at it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, like, in that situation, I can, that's, I can that's see it. That's a very unique situation. Right. To- I'm, I'm under the thing that we have to make decisions for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as sportsmen, we should have the best interest of the resource in yep. mind as a sportsman right it was part of i cannot i'll say i'll say right now if you're a sportsman that is just out there to kill and just out there to be a meat mongrel in my mind you're not a sportsman yeah uh, because part of i, I want to be conscious of you know that's it's like shooting get it's like getting a deer tag and shooting a deer but it wasn't the deer you wanted so you just kind of brought it home cut it up and Go out and get one. another one. You'll, you'll probably never get caught, but it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. I just. 
I mean, part of being a sportsman uh, that I fully believe is being a steward of the resource. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Showing that resource respect, teaching others ethics around it. Um, I mean, you just look at, so we'll give Devils Lake, North Dakota as an example. Like walleyes on that lake, I won't keep anything over 20. That's just me. It's not a regulation. You can keep whatever you want, but the the size class of fish that are going to be your strongest reproducers are that 21, 22 to like 26 to 28 inch fish. Mm-hmm. Um, totally legal to keep them in that, that window. And I know a lot of guys that do, and that's, you know, that's their prerogative, but I even like to put it on the bottom end too. I like to try mm-hmm. to be between 15 and 20. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my goal. Oh yeah. Have there I, been days where I have stretched that on either side? Yes. Yep. And I think your perfect eater walleye is at 14, 15, Mm -hmm. maybe 16. But, you know, I've eaten a lot of 14-inch walleyes. Right. So, actually, while while you have that, with maintaining a resource, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some things that you actively do to keep resources clean? Oh, to... You know, like the the everyday thing. You know, we we obviously try to not throw our garbage on the ice leave, I mean, no, simple, leave, simple, leave no trace yeah take right. out take out what you take in I mean, take out more than what you take yeah. in mm-hmm. well one thing that i think people forget about a lot is when you cut tags off your line or you you mm-hmm. know you pull some you, you you pull some off the spool you know put that in your pocket yep don't don't throw it off the yep. side of the boat don't drop it down the hole don't throw it in a snowbank. right you know yeah. that kind of stuff um a big one that's i see every year ice fishing when the ice is going out, is propane bottles floating around mm-hmm. in the ice um, or the ice mass. And I don't know how many propane bottles you see floating around shortly after ice fishing up along the lake shore, but yeah, pack it out. Um, well, one is too many. One is definitely <laughs> too many. I uh, I was snowmobiling across Lake of the Woods a few years ago and I came across a 10 pack of 100 pounders laying on the ice. No. Yeah. Just laying on the ice. I don't know if they. I don't know if somebody was pulling houses off and they fell off and didn't notice them, but there's a 10-pack, 100-pound propane tanks laying there. Maybe they were coming back for them. Yeah, I have, I have no idea, yeah. right? But, yeah, it was that just... That seems a little on the extreme end, but, yeah. I, it was like, I mean, what do you do? Because a 100-pound propane tank... You can't just they pull too. No. Well, I guess I don't know for sure because they were, still, like, frozen still, if you're on a snowmobile, you're not going to be able to transport that. Right, I could drag anything. it, but yeah. that seems sketchy. I mean, maybe drop a pin and let a resort know. I'd right. like a 100-pounder for each one of my deer stands. Right. Because we were hunting this weekend, and one of our buddies, that's what he does. He puts a 100-pounder on his straps to his deer stand, and he hasn't had to change them in, like, eight years. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it actually really is. <laughs> like, strap it to the side, throw it. Yeah. I mean, I'm carrying one-pounders in, refilling one-pounders just to go to the deer stand every day. Yeah. So help help remind me at the 32-minute uh, mark, that was the Suzuki conversation. Oh. One of, our, one of our longer partnerships with Suzuki Motors, they're working on their Clean Oceans project, and they've asked mm. us to participate in how we help keep our resources clean. Okay. And, you know, so, that, and that's part of it. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. We preach, you know, people preach it, but maybe it, maybe it gets forgotten. Yep. It's an overlooked thing. You don't even, you, you if you do the things, you don't even think you're not. You know, right. If, if you, as simple as keeping the line, keeping, not throwing a, if a hook breaks, not throwing it overboard. If, if you're, 
pop bottles and stuff like have a garbage in your boat so when mm-hmm. you're going across the lake it doesn't accidentally blow out yep. i mean it's just the simple things that you take for granted and don't do that can keep keep everybody clean keep everything in good shape we only have one devil's lake mm-hmm. we only have one lake of the woods we only we only have these like these aren't unlimited resources right. they're resources that are up to us to keep clean right they've been, they've been great the to person. us for years mm-hmm. but they won't be forever they couldn't. They could not be forever, right? right. I mean, it, it's that's really up to us. One thing I've noticed with uh, with the pandemic is there's a lot of new anglers on the scene, mm-hmm. and it's it's educating them because yeah, everyone wants to go out and catch a fish, but there's a lot more to it than just going out and catching a fish. I mean, if it, it being um, you know anytime you're bank fishing. Mm-hmm. At any local spot that's decent whatsoever, there's garbage everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... People burning all their garbage and then leaving aluminum and whatever mm-hmm. doesn't burn in the fire pit next yep. to the bank. I yep. mean, it's... And with the with the new anglers thing, you know, there's... It's one thing for me to go out with a buddy who's never fished before and be like, come on, man, really? You're just going to do that? Versus me being a six-year-old kid you know, dropping the lid of the leeches off the side of the pontoon and my grandpa looking at me and saying, go get it. That's not okay. You know, it means a lot more when you learned how to angle that way. Yep. Yep. And it's awesome how these, these new people are coming into the sport, but we need to make sure that we're able to translate the traditions to them in, in the stewardship way, because a lot of people, don't see hunting and fishing in a positive light. And that's why social media platforms, you know, essentially shadow ban Mm -hmm. the outdoors because they don't see the positive of it. And that's, that's one thing that certain groups have focused in on is the destruction of the resource due to anglers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, hunters and anglers, uh, those that don't have respect for the resource, it's, it's a, I mean, it could be a very small number, but another part of that is, license sales go right back into the resource mm-hmm. you know stocking programs to get those fisheries or those fishery numbers up to special taxes on equipment yep yep that's yep. another one um yeah people don't really understand that we may be hunting and fishing and taking the resource but we're also contributing contributing willingly mm-hmm. right to restocking and cleaning whether it's cleaning ex- uh, efforts whether it's restocking efforts whether it's damming efforts whether it's new habitat efforts mm-hmm. all that's being everything that happens outdoors is funded by outdoorsmen yes so, so that's the thing that people don't understand mm-hmm. oh, or even even wildlife management um to introducing species to their native range and all of that is funded through the outdoorsmen that go and pursue those animals out in the resource. It wasn't very long ago I knew the number that outdoorsmen put back into the outdoors, and it was holy crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every license, like you said, even even hunting shells or shotgun shells, mm-hmm. rifle shells, they all have a tax mm-hmm. that gets put yeah, specifically I can't, earmarked I can't towards the, the outdoors. name of the tax, but it's I mean it's even as far as um, your gear, your clothing, your your backpack. Your, I mean, all of it has mm-hmm. this certain tax that, that we as consumers aren't aware of, and it's happening in the back end. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that really realize that just purchasing hunting and fishing gear, you're putting money right towards that resource that you're mm-hmm. buying that gear to go use. And, and here's the funny part about it. 
I've never heard any of us complain about it. Not once. I've never noticed it. I didn't know it existed until one of the last projects that I did in college was writing. I, I wrote like a 20-page paper about the positive impact of outdoorsmen on mm. the outdoors. Cool. And, I like that. And like that was one of, I've, you know, I, I had an idea, obviously, like because we all look at ourselves as stewards, but people tend to look at themselves in a better light than, mm-hmm. you know, maybe other people do. And, I mean, it blows your mind. And and not only like those taxes and things, but organizations that are led by outdoorsmen. You've got Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, Suzuki doing their Clean Ocean Project. Orvis has a phenomenal Share the Water program. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these companies are devoting massive amounts of money towards keeping our resources clean. And they're very, right. And they're very well could be hiking groups, Mm -hmm, climbing, mm -hmm, you know, et cetera. mm -hmm. I just, that's not my world. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't mean to bash the other people that are using the outdoors. No. And the, I mean, stewards of the land and outdoorsmen isn't reserved just for hunting and fishing. I believe the definition for an outdoorsman is just someone just enjoying the outdoors. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be hiking, it could be camping, it could be horseback riding, it could be riding ATVs, it could be hunting, fishing, all of the above, Mm -hmm. skiing even. Right. You know, just especially like cross country skiing Mm -hmm. and snowshoeing. Yeah, absolutely. One of my one of my big dreams for the year is that before the pheasant season closes, that we get like snowshoes. Yeah, I want to get like two to three feet of snow. Tell my dog to deal with it. (laughs) I'm putting on snowshoes and I'm gliding. (laughs) And that might make me a bad steward of the land. I don't know how it would. Well, I mean, I guess I'd only be able to shoot my bag limit, but I think those pheasants would be very vulnerable in that position. Yeah, you'd be surprised. The pheasants will bury themselves in the snow, so your dog better realize it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he crazy. won't. He'll have to step on them. <laughs> he's not He's not there yet. Well, I don't know how we got from shows to that, but let's go back to shows. Yeah, shows. Absolutely. And, and preparing for the ice season. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, sometimes you get off on those tangents. But like I said, we haven't had shows for a year. You've said a few shows have happened already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, had to not attend any of those that kind of bad timing for deer hunting and that kind of stuff. Um, But we will be attending the St. Paul show. I actually am part owner in the Fargo show. We got it to come up to Fargo, North Dakota. It's been really awesome. Um, And I'll touch on the Fargo show in a second, but with with like St. Paul, it's basically the eye cast of fishing, Mm -hmm. ice fishing. fishing. Yep. Yep. And And it's open to the public. Yeah, and everybody's there. Everybody's doing stuff. Now, here's here's the one thing that I'm kind of, as a as a show promoter and stuff, I'm a little bit nervous about is like, and, and because we're later, we're in better shape. But the thing is, is everybody always talks about deals at shows. I think there's, what we've been told is there's still going to be really good deals at the mm-hmm. shows, but it might be where people are going to have to ex- exchange a little bit and realize that they're probably not going to be able to carry everything out of the show. You can right. buy it. You're going to get it. Oh, the supply chain. The supply chain. Yes. Well, what a lot of people aren't thinking about is right. supply chains. Now, I've been told we're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous about it still, but it's it's going to be a little, I think it's going to be a little different. I'm, I'm interested to see 
how all everything goes down after taking a year off. Like, what did yeah. people learn from not being at a show for a year? Mm-hmm. Is it going to get more aggressive? Is it not going to get more aggressive? Are people going to double their show budgets and have some just out of this <laughs> world booths? So be. what I think is the the people coming to shop are going to buy twice as much. Oh, right. Because uh, save it's that, there. Save, it's save now, that show budget. It's there. It's now. Get it now or don't get it at all. Right. Right. Because uh, panic buying. I know a lot. I know a lot of these people are saving inventory for these shows because they don't want to go to these shows empty handed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're saving inventory and still going to do the deals. Get it at the show or don't get it at all right. type thing. So like you said, you know, you'll eventually get everything. Mm. And I, I don't know if anybody's going to do this. But what is one company that if they said, you can't take this today, but we'll give you 10% off if you let us ship it to you? What's one product that you would say, no, I want this now? Oh, the electronics. It's something you don't have. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're upgrading your arsenal and you've got a flasher or a different unit that you're using, I could see that being acceptable if it's, you know, your first ice house mm-hmm. and you, you don't have something else. That would be. Oh, there's going to be a ton of decisions made on what's there mm-hmm. and what can mm-hmm. be taken. Listen, we are a want it now society, and I've told a lot of people that the one thing that maybe this whole pandemic has done is hopefully, maybe some percentage of society has got some patience. I kind of think the opposite. Yeah, that's not me. Now, like we got, we got you TikTok. Know many, we you know got, how many Amazon orders mm-hmm. show up at my doorstep? Yeah, but Amazon order isn't the a want it now thing. I mean, it happens it's, in a couple days. I mean, I'm irritated I if it's would, not there in three days. I would say that the society in general right. has been. Our society is screwed. <laughs> I, I guess I also haven't been super negatively impacted in anything that I've wanted to get. You know, like I realized on. Wednesday that one of my hunting boots was lost and gone forever. <laughs> yeah, <you> did. <laughs> and, but like, did you I buy a new pair. Yeah. Okay. I was, you know, I was able to go buy a new pair of boots today mm-hmm. where the boot, where the pair of boots that are now missing if were boots that I had ordered. So what'd you wear when you went feather hunting? I just, well, it was, I was down in St. Cloud. It was, I mean, it was cold up, but no snow. Everything was dry. So I just wore some, I wore some like keen ankle oh. boots, oh. you know, so it, they weren't my hunting boots, but like I had boots to wear, so it wasn't a it wasn't a day runer for me. It was just kind of when I was like, really, like because I realized it like halfway through that only one of my boots was in my truck. I will say the one thing is smaller businesses getting you know sales. They're taking a beating from online sales. We'll put it that way, oh, yeah. um, and that's one thing I I. I do diligently is if I I won't order it online unless I cannot find it locally. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, people aren't about speaking of small businesses. People are not going to realize or appreciate the businesses they have, uh, whether it's a grocery store or a bait mm-hmm. shop mm-hmm. that they're not going to appreciate until they don't have it anymore. Right. And there's Taking a lot of that. I mean, we could get into that. Well, and it's hours. and yeah, because it's it is everything. Mm-hmm. It's literally, I, I everything. try. I try everything to be local if I can. Mm-hmm. 
but sometimes I can't. Right. Even you know, even not even local, just guys that are small bait shops, right. that kind of stuff. You know, they're, like, they're local to somebody's region. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and maybe I'm buying jigs or something from some custom, you know, some guy that does custom baits and he happens to live in Alabama, but he's still pouring jigs in his garage. Yeah. You know, he's not Amazon. Mm-hmm. I still count that as shopping local. That's, yeah, yeah. that's contributing directly to somebody's local economy, mm-hmm. whether it's our local economy or theirs. Yep. Man, our tangents tonight. That's all right. It's okay. So we're getting ready for ice fishing. <laughs> yeah. Back to ice fishing. Got back from muzzleloader hunting last night and started rigging ice rods. Did you get reels? I got four. I got six more I need to get. I've got one of those over there that we were talking about yesterday. Oh, yeah, I'll have to check that check out. Check it out. But, so, yeah, I mean, you getting ready for ice. Is part of ice for you changing line and that sort oh, of kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. stripping old line, respooling new line, determining what rods you're going to be used for what application, what type of reels going on each rod, what type of line for those different scenarios and situations. I mean, if you really want to go on a tangent, I can get into rigging. <laughs> it's it's just funny. So no, just in, I in general. I do that with all of my open water stuff. I couldn't tell you the last time I've done that with my ice fishing rods. Uh, we went to Wisconsin last year, and we were going specifically for pike. And Thor grabs three rods and says, "I'm not sure when the last time these were respooled." Eh. It'll work. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't catch anything on any of them, so they did work. They that is just funny. <laughs> that is one thing I will throw out there is there's there's basically three main classifications of line. You got monofilament, uh, some Irish Irish whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> we got. I ni- smell it. It's tasty. Nylon monofilament, which is very susceptible to uv rays um if you and heat as well that needs to be changed more often and we've got fluorocarbon which is also a monofilament it's a single filament but it's a different composite or a different mixture of, and not even to say the memory you know yeah that too to that. but um the fluorocarbon will last longer than a monofilament and then then you've got braid which has zero memory but braids are less abrasion resistant and you know, impervious to fraying and color fading, and they do get weak after time. But as far as, like, the longevity, um, monofilament needs to be replaced way more often, at least every season. Fluorocarbon, I can, I'll go two to three seasons with fluorocarbon, um, and then braid three to five, depending on how much abuse it takes. I just naturally restring them all every year. Yeah. You know? Oh, one one talking, thing I'll talking about saving the environment. When yeah. you restring your rods, every sporting goods store has a place for you to put it. Don't it throw is very it down. true. And a lot of boat launches now have a spot mm-hmm. that you can yeah, put mm-hmm. put line in, mm-hmm. which is very one, nice. One trick for braid, because especially on ice reels, I mean, the majority of ice anglers out there are fishing, we'll say forty feet or less. Just. Uh, yeah. Throw a number out there, 40 to 50 feet or less. Um, you got a 50-yard spool of braid, typical what you get in the little package that you put on your reel. It's 150 feet of line. You're only ever touching the first 50 feet of line. Instead of just cutting 50 feet off, if you've got the space to do it, string it all out, cut it off the reel, go to the other end, and rewind it on 
a lot of times I'll just open the bale and wind it off that one onto the other. Oh one. yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I don't I don't find myself doing that as much as I used to because mm-hmm. I I find myself re stringing rods several times a year for, for different, different scenarios, scenarios different yeah. scenarios and yep. tournament fishing really got me into that yeah. like and it depends what i'm doing if i'm use if i'm up at lake winnipeg and i'm constantly jigging and putting a lot of strain and pressure on that line mm-hmm. a lot of times i'll you know the next time i'll just new mm-hmm. i don't know i just really get a really anal about that it's your it's your, your connection to your quarry yeah. is your line mm-hmm. and that's one thing that a lot of people don't take into account when they're making purchases for the new season and like Thor going, ah, I don't remember the last time. It'll be fine. I would imagine you broke off a few fish. Well, the only fish that I broke off last year, I fought in an ice house on Lake of the Woods for 45 minutes and we never saw it. Had to have been a sturgeon. Right. But like, I'm not willing to put that blame on my line. No. I mean, I fought that fish for 45 minutes. And not only that, you were minutes. using your panfish rod. Yeah, I had like mm. six-pound fluoro mm. on. that. It was at least six. Was it? Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm not going to blame that on my line. No. I'd, I'd blame it on my knot before I blamed, blamed it on my True, line. True, but you have higher knot strength with fresher line. Right. But either either way, it didn't break. I mean, it, it yeah. sheared off on the bottom of the ice hole. Yeah. That would have been so much fun. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> it would have been really fun to get it on top. I've never, you know, Thor's a pretty calm and cool collective guy. Yeah. He was sweating. <laughs> yeah. He, like a part of him just wanted it to be over. It and did. a part of him was like, I'm going to get this. I need to get this fish in. Yeah. Like, I need to get it in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I just don't know what you had. It was I, either a sturgeon or a giant pike. I actually had a dream about that fish the other day. Really? Yeah. And, it I I didn't I think it I think in the dream it turned out to be a lake trout that didn't fit through the hole so we lifted up the ice house and like pulled the ice house forward so we could be outside and have more it was a it was a whole thing like <laughs> whole, we got it though <laughs> we did end up getting it well it was a dream but yeah I mean yeah it was a dream I wasn't gonna lose in my own dream not this time I mean I've lost in my own dream before mm-hmm. yeah well supermodels don't count. <laughs> 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 well something cool that we're doing at talking ice shows again let's go yeah, back at that yeah so something cool that we're doing at the fargo ice show is we are doing all of our seminars live streamed on the fargo ice show oh so nice. every single one will actually be even if you don't make the show it'll get, be live streamed get the info all of it and they're going to be question and answer so You'll do your seminar, but anybody on the live stream will. We have uh, uh, Joel Nelson, actually. I think I can say mediating everything. So he'll be actually like asking the presenters questions that they can answer from. So it's kind of that audience, that virtual experience. Yeah, Yeah. and then you have those videos saved on the Fargo Ice Show Facebook page. Go back and watch them. Like that's perfect. Very cool. So to be a plethora, and we yeah, there's gonna be some really cool seminars too. Some good people speaking. Cause like I don't know maybe maybe it's the nerd in me but I would like to watch it once and just absorb and and then watch, watch it again it. and take notes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be super cool, super interesting to do that. That yeah. will be cool, and it's something new. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and you don't necessarily have to walk away from your show experience to participate. Yeah, yeah. you know, which is which well, is let, also big. Let's be super honest, like. Ten years ago, 
you do a seminar, there was a hundred and some people sitting in the yep. room watching you. Uh, I mean, I've had as many as 150 to one. Yep. To none. Yeah. And depends on the show, depends on what you're talking about and everything like that. I mean, want to talk about a humbling experience? Oh, yeah. Do a seminar to one person. Yep. Did you did you do the whole seminar or did you just go like, what do you want to know? Uh, I've done it both ways. Okay. I've done enough seminars that it's like, it's really, really, really fun when you have 20 plus people in the room. Yep. And it's really, really, really humbling to have one person in the room. I'm, uh, no, I mean, I've, I've, I've done the whole seminar. I've, I've done the seminar in more of a fast forward version yep. with that most of the time. But then it's kind of, it's also fun to be able to sit down if that person's engaged in what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they're there because they're interested. Right. Hopefully they're not there just to sit down and have a burger and have a quick break and yep. not really care about what you have to say. Uh, but if they're engaged in what you're talking about, it's actually pretty fun to sit down and have a real conversation. More, more of a them. conversation than a presentation. Right. So that that is one of the reasons that I like doing this podcast offline is so that we don't worry about who's watching it live. Mm-hmm. We have had one really bad experience that yeah. did not like one of the staff members. And Oh, really? Whew, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. It, it gets, was rough. It, gets it was really kind of like, like, that is uncomfortable. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> because you're you're still you're still trying to answer questions and you know, it's partially on us where we come into those podcasts not necessarily as prepared with what we want to talk about. Yeah, but that's like the whole point of this podcast. Like, right. But but when you're planning on banking on questions and then there's no questions, you're like, well it's one guy ruins it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's called internet bullying. Didn't we have a podcast on that? We, we should re put that one back up. We did. I even got bullied on the internet bullying one. <laughs> there's like some guy that was like telling me to quit being a effing baby and all that kind of stuff and i'm like really like after all this this, what we're talking about what you're gonna do yeah oh gosh and no i wasn't internet bullying people that were on red lake earlier go to red lake it's just not Mm -hmm. my cup of tea Mm -hmm. right and nobody's saying don't go oh it's a good fishery and it's one of the first places you can go out and catch a you know limit of walleyes. There's monster pike. The in thing there is, and, is we have probably just as good a spots uh-huh. around here mm-hmm. where we don't have to go there. So why go fight the crowds and you don't have to? Yep, yep. So when you're going out and checking ice, you know, I I know that the goal is to kind of cover as many lakes and gather as much information as you can. When you're talking checking ice, like before it's fishable. Like like this time of year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're, I'll go for throw a spud bar and some cleats in the back, grab a float suit, and mm-hmm. go cruise around. And it depends did on the day. Did you ever get that much... footage we filmed for you? I did. I haven't used it yet. Okay. I'm going to use I it. I was curious about that. Yeah, okay. we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. It'll be okay. <laughs> but what rod do you bring with you? Or um, do you not even think about dropping a lot? I don't. It really depends. Yeah. Are you going to check ice or, or are you going, going to, fish? to fish? Right. Like you're There's going two to check ice. Where you don't yeah. bring a rod because yeah. you will nope. never get to the next lake. Correct. Okay. If you get one that's got three and a half, four inches and you feel comfortable on that, but you're probably not going to check any other lakes. Because I know when you go to check on ice out, you bring a rod. Well, sure. Because that's you're tending to fish. If you can. If you right. can. And then you only check more than one spot if you can't fish the first spot. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely those. I mean, we gotta we gotta provide some sort of insider tip. Yeah, 
I mean, no, I mean, early on checking ice, it's don't bring the equipment. If the ice is good, run home, grab the equipment. If that's somewhere you want to go, if it's, you know, within distance to get right, back before to do it dark or, and I'll set the, the precedence that I'm going to check ice for the possibility that I can fish tomorrow. Okay. You know, and then I go and check the lakes and this one's got two inches. This one's got four. I'm definitely going back to the one with four. I cut you off. Sorry, Mike. No, you're good. I just, yeah, you, if, if you, if you bring a rod, you're not going to another spot. Mm-hmm. Unless, but that could be someone's MO is they want to mm-hmm. fish. So they're going to go check ice until they find a lake that is, that has fishable ice. Right. And this is the time I tell you, even if someone's out there fishing, check the ice. Check this the time ice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a big difference between Josh walking out on a lake and me walking out on a lake. Real, I mean, realistically. Yeah. And that's and that's something that people need to realize. Just because it's safe for your neighbor's 10-year-old kid to go out doesn't mean it's safe for you to go out. I've heard multiple times there's already been people missing mm-hmm. and passed away this year. There's already been people falling through in rescues not on Red Lake. Right. Uh, and, and both occasions, what was been told is, Somebody was already out on the lake. That person just assumed everything was safe. Mm-hmm. You don't know if that if the other people took the same path you were taking. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they sputted and found a, found a thin spot and sputted around it. There is multiple times uh, that you will sput out and you'll have four inches, four inches, four inches, four inches, one inch. goes through on the first whack. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, and then that's not saying you can't go fishing. There's probably another route. Yep. But you have to know that route and that's why you spud or at least drill or do something to check ice on your way yeah, out. You, you can't check ice, you know, 20 yards from shore and like, Oh, we got six inches. Let's go. So right. yeah, on that radio show today, that was another thing we talked about was the fact that all these new anglers, mm-hmm. this is part of our job sitting here is to help Educate. them understand the things that we've learned over a long period of time, yep. whether it's the fishing end of things or the safety end of things, it's our experiences, even though people think that we're blah, 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 whatever. No. Part of being a sportsman is wanting to see other sportsmen yeah. succeed and be mm-hmm. safe. Yep. And and Share the last knowledge. thing we need is a black eye. Every time something happens, this, the the sport gets a black eye yeah yeah whether somebody gets shot whether somebody dies falling through the ice it doesn't matter boating accidents any mm-hmm. of that stuff mm-hmm. gives the whole thing a black eye and we don't want that as as anglers we just want you to be safe yep kind of like when you're a kid your dad would tell you what he thought you should do and you had to go find out for yourself well <laughs> but he would stop you if it was really bad yeah this is a really bad situation this is a we're not saying this because we think we know better we're saying this as we don't want people to die yep. because that is legitimately what might happen. Best best piece of advice is no matter what, do your own investigation. Don't go off of any time of year. You I mean, there's certain situations. You go to Lake of the Woods and you get a road pass. Those people are supposed to do their due diligence. Yep. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't make sure I'm unbuckled and I don't make sure, you know, I, I make sure I'm unbuckled. I make sure windows are down, windows across d- pressure edges. And- I mean, the things that you need to do to help because no ice is safe ice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about being precautionary. But right now, more than anything, 
please, please, please. There's open water still in a lot mm-hmm. of places. Mm-hmm. There's water that froze over last night yep. that has less than an inch of ice. And people don't realize that. And and to yeah. us, it's common sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to the new anglers, we're taught we we continually talk about how much this sport is growing. And we all, including myself, tend to forget that these people that are getting into it are clueless. And, and we don't understand that because we grew up with it. We, we've we learned it from an early age. We've learned to, it's kind of like respecting a firearm. You have to oh, respect yeah. your surroundings. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, and I mean, back in the day, um, going out ice fishing as a youngster growing up, what have you, there was no YouTube. And that's one thing I see now is get the social media push of ice fishing, ice fishing, first on ice, first on ice. Where are they located? Right. A lot of that first on ice is hours north where it's much colder. And right. you might think, oh, they're on ice up there. Let's go ice fishing. Double, right. double it, check. Every- it's also 20 degrees colder there. I always used to get the eye roll from a lot of people when we had the fish addictions thing going and the big staff and everything like that. I'd be like, go ice fishing, have fun. Don't post about it. Yep. Not until we get. Not until it's you know a, that decently safe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give anybody any false false hope. hope, false expectations. They see you on a lake, they might go on a different lake, mm-hmm. and just assume it's safe. You know, and I used to get a lot of gr- grief for that, but it was all about the perception. I don't want, and in the position that we're in, I don't want to get give anybody that false perception that it's safe. Yep. And every, every lake is different. So here's an interesting thing that I learned this year. Um, I was at a conference for work in Montana a few weeks back and it was, uh, it was awesome because I, I work in technology and this was all outdoorsmen at this conference and we had a booth there. So it was just talk hunting and fishing the whole time as well as a little bit of work on the side. But uh, especially on reservoirs um, that let water out or that the water, not that let water out, that the water still is flowing in the ice will form. And then that main sheet of ice, the lake will come up and then you'll have two inches of ice around, but you've got a foot of ice out mm. on the main sheet. And it was just something that I'd never thought of. And apparently right. this is pretty common in Montana and most of the reservoirs because they, they control the amount of water. They let it fill up over the winter to let, water out for irrigation purposes over the summer and i'm just thinking i'm like that's crazy and he's like yeah the one guy i was talking to is like yeah some days we'll get out there on the ice and the wind will shift and it'll blow the main sheet away from where you accessed and then you're kind of stuck and he said that his ice sled is a canoe oh just for that and he, I mean, that makes sense. He said one time that happened and it shifted the whole ice sheet and he was just running a shuttle back and forth with his canoe for people helping him get off the ice. Just things you don't think about. So, I mean, every region has its different precautionary tales that you've got to, you got to know. And a lot of that's tribal knowledge within the community. And we don't, we got the ice safety videos out there that spot out, wear a little float suit, wear cleats, bring picks. That's common sense to an extent but there are so many variables in nature that you just, you can't be taught. You have mm-hmm. to experience, or you have to have someone that, that mentors you through that process to truly cover all your bases. Well, it's something we take for granted. You know, the cliche, talk to the local bait shop. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it's about, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, a lot of people take that as, oh, go get fishing information from the local bait shop. No, Really safety. what it is is, Part of that is the safety. Obviously, yep. they're hopefully they'll give you a little tad bit of information on where the fish are and what's going on. 
point you in the right direction. Support your local businesses. But if some old guy at the bait shop says, be careful for this, mm-hmm. you better be careful Take for that. Take note of that. Yeah. Because yeah. Especially on because he probably didn't learn it from somebody saying, "Hey, be careful about no. this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, a you know an underground spring or an underwater spring that flows in on this side. That you know, just be careful of that area. Mm-hmm. Um, every lake is different. Every region has different types of lakes. I mean, North Dakota, most of it's potholes, or we've got the big lakes and. There's not a lot of current. There's not a lot of underwater springs. You get into Minnesota and you start bumping into more springs and you've got to be more careful. And you got river systems connecting a lot of the lakes. And we've got river mouths coming in that are high current areas that the ice doesn't form the same as it does out in the middle of the lake. That's just all regional. And the Montana thing, that that I was like, holy crap, I've never right. thought of that. You know, throughout the season, you've got to continuously check your ice. Yes, your main sheet is getting thicker and thicker, but... Every day it's coming up, and you got thin ice around the edge. It's just something completely different. Well, it's a beast. I mean, especially if like that, it could blow, like you said, over to mm-hmm. one side pretty easily without anybody even knowing what's going on for miles out on the lake. Right. I thought it was crazy that time we were up on Green Bay fishing whitefish. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that, that was some of the scariest ice I've been on because it looked like he took the whole ice sheet and smashed it, and then it froze back together. Yeah, I think we were on like 10 inches of ice and we were a few miles out, but out there it's because it's just the bay that's frozen and you get a stiff wind come up a huge chunk. And there's, there's been many times over the years where you hear on the news, you know, 150 ice anglers stranded in Lake Michigan or stranded in Lake Superior. But the one thing that we were very close that day, I know the one thing I took (laughs) from that is that some of the locals up there will set a tip up up. They're not fishing with it. They drop a weight down to the bottom, and then they set their flag. And if that ice sheet starts moving, it'll trip the flag. Oh. That's time to head for shore. That's a good idea. On When you have those situations yeah. or those scenarios, yeah, I'm like, that is ingenious. You know? Yeah, because you moved six inches. All of a sudden, it's like, and the ice sheet moved on us that day. And actually, uh-huh. the day we got back, we actually looked at the weather. We looked at MODIS the next day or yeah. something like that. And the ice sheet that we were on was like 20 miles out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long way to skip a snowmobile. <laughs> we we actually did have to, like, the guy we were with knew enough, and he had been talking to people that I felt relatively safe. Until we got out there, you always get that, that you got the confidence in the guy bringing you out, and then you get out there and you start second-guessing it, and you're uncomfortable, and then you're out there and you feel you, you get, your comfort comes back. Yeah, well, but on the way back. Yeah, you the, hit, ice you sheet, hit a the, the ice sheet of, had separated. We were on snowmobiles. The ice sheet had separated quite a ways to the point where we did not go back the same way we the came. same exact way we came, and we still had to go over fairly large open water to get across. And I had a fairly large Man person on, on my <laughs> snowmobile because we were helping him. Yeah, and, and you're in front of me and you went over this big piece it was probably three times the size of this table and that that piece of ice out in the middle went it, it teetered like it, it popped up and down and i'm like uh yeah the guy on the back like we're talking about new anglers i'll never forget oh. this the guy that was on the back he was a big boy awesome guy super nice guy mm-hmm. big boy he was laughing 
Yeah. Had zero clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Like zero. <laughs> zero clue that we're like over. I'm literally doing circles before I do this. I'm like, how fast am I gonna have to hit this? Because there's open water, then a sheet, and I'm like, I gotta get from open water to that sheet back to the main sheet. Yeah. And this guy's just on the like <laughs> this is cool, yeah. This, yeah. You know, I'm like, guy, you this don't is, even know. Yeah. Like, you have zero clue, like I'm one foot off the snowmobile already, and you're going down with it, you yeah. know? And I'm, we went across, and he just was giggling, and Josh came by, and his eyes were just... Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my, let's get off of here now. Yeah. Ig- ignorance is bliss. <sighs> that was one day I felt a little uneasy. It felt really good to be back on yes. dirt. And we had a long <laughs> drive home. Yeah. Yeah. Another one, I mean, we're talking early ice right now, but late ice is something that can be real sketchy too. I always say that late ice is more dangerous than early ice because for the most part, early ice, you're checking, and that ice is continuing to grow. Every day you wait, granted, we've got some weird weather patterns going now to where we've been above freezing today and we're going to be above freezing for the next few days. Um, But generally that ice just continues to get thicker. But late ice that whole ice sheet is starting to deteriorate and it's very unpredictable. Um, you'll get it to where it shards and you got two feet of ice left, but there's soft spots that you can just drop. Um, I've seen it late ice where a four wheeler's driving and they're just pushing a wave and you can hear the ice shards mm-hmm. just the whole way. But you're on the machine, you don't hear that and you might not realize that you're pushing this wave, but it, to a bystander, it's like, whoa, that doesn't sound safe. Oh, we've had it many times where we're out, everything's nice and solid in the morning, and oh, then by the time you're done, you're it's, looking around, and it's like this ice is turning black. I remember, <laughs> I remember the one time, late ice, we're out fishing, and I'm, we're concentrating, we're fishing, we're moving, we're doing everything, and the ice was just nice and white in the morning. And I looked up halfway through the afternoon, and I'm like, we should think about getting out of here. <laughs> this doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pure black water just coming through all the ice. Mm-hmm. Now we got from early ice to late ice, but it's just interesting yeah. things that go on. Yeah, ice is unpredictable at best. I have not iced the fish yet, I which is either. crazy, but we did just finish deer hunting mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm totally done, but I'm done. I might I might try and sneak out one night this week before the show because the next... You're done. Josh can keep hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not fill my tag. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> I'm done, I guess. We've Thanks, got other, Mom. We've got other stuff to do. <laughs> uh, but That's we're going to get... Right, it's it's one of those things where we just got to start going in the right direction. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we got the camper to put on, which you guys are going to see. We're traveling around with the pickup camper. It's going to be... And we've already talked about it. It's real. It's going to happen. We've got a couple new additions to the fleet this year that I think will just let that roll out on its own. Uh, we got, you know, it's, I think I was just talking to my wife the other day and she's like, well, what do you think about the camper situation? I'm like, I don't know. It's something we've never done. So we did the ice house last year, which was awesome. It's an awesome ice house. There's a, there was a lot of pluses to it. Uh, there was a lot of, I wouldn't call it downfalls, but you really learn what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And by far my favorite ice house I've ever owned, I've ever had. It just limited us to what we were doing right. for fish addictions. The, the way that we need to travel, 
we need to have it's an, not a, conducive a, to a being... bigger trailer. We need to have a dedicated trailer. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can't get the Ranger and the four wheeler and ice houses right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because we're we're not bringing one vehicle with us. Right. It's an absolute nice. beautiful. It's the right. most. It's the most accommodating and comfortable oh my, ice God, house it was, I've been in. It was there were so many pluses to it. Mm. I but, would I would say it's probably one of the best fish houses for the average to serious angler. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it had everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had everything. Um but you really learn you know, I it's just not, We strive to do something different every yeah. year with fish addictions and that was definitely different and we pulled that thing had a lot of miles on it. A lot of farts, a lot of <laughs> good times, and it's going to be at a new home, yeah. and somebody's going to love it. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm just trying to think of. We're going to be ice fishing gypsies. Yeah, we are. Who knows where we're going to end up? Mm-hmm. Are you going to have a special dog crate for your dog in the trailer? I mean, I could. I mean, why not? I have like six dog kennels. Why? Well, because I have one that fits in my truck. I have one that's bigger that I keep him in his like. Oh yeah. Like on a, on the everyday because the like the one that I keep in my truck has to fit in the back seat, mm. so it's not as big as the one that I keep him in at home. I keep one at my parents' house. And I'm yeah. still kind of hoping my wife gets me a puppy for Christmas, so maybe we'll have a friend. Well, that'll be fun. I don't think I should bring Merle. He's a little too high energy. I want a puppy. <laughs> I mean. You are an adult. You could buy your own. I am married with four kids and two other dogs. <laughs> but for those of you that I had a dog that I had for a long time that was the best dog I've ever met in my life, passed away this summer. Rest in peace, Gracie. And I just kind of miss her. Yeah. I believe it. And, she was uh, a great dog. Losing a, a puppy. Losing a good hunting dog is sometimes worse than losing a not so good relative. Well, and, and Gracie went beyond being a good hunting dog. Yeah. I mean, Family she was... Family dog, companion, all of the above. The guardian I, of the Olsen household. You know, every, everybody says that they have a good dog, you know, and they're normally right, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody believes their dog is the best. I never once thought that about my dogs, knowing that Gracie existed. Like, my, my dogs have been second best. You know that Gracie was never once tied up in her life? Never. Like, she just wandered sorry, the yard. Never once locked up. Yeah. Yeah. Never once. Yeah. She just had free reign. 15 and a half, almost 16 years old. Yeah. Pretty awesome dog. But anyways, I know, Laura, we don't want to need a puppy right now. I understand, <laughs> but that I just want one. That's all. I'm not going to have a puppy. I mean, it's like a 99.9% chance I'm not having a puppy to bring with. What if what if this video gets five hundred likes? <laughs> Don't work that one out with me, son. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my way, we'd have a puppy already. Well, I know, but figured this way. You know. I don't need five hundred likes for a puppy. But it's just one of those things. It, it it should be fun, you know. It's just it's a weird year because like now we're getting back to shows. We're getting back to mm-hmm. it's it's just. You know, they, everybody said last year had a different feel, which it did. This year's just a different feel, just from life in general. Like, yeah. I, if I had to be totally honest with you, it's just this whole year has felt weird. 
all the way through and the way even like the industry is changing and people are absorbing the stuff that we're doing differently and how we're having to change. I mean, man, we, I went from being a young kid thinking, man, the best thing, like my dream was to have a show on the same channel as Jason Mitchell and stuff like that. We Mm -hmm. did that. We did it successfully. We made the weird call to not do it last year, which was the right call. Mm-hmm. And we're, we got different platforms, but it's just a weird transition. It, it almost feels like you left things, left it wrong or whatever, but obviously our numbers showed different. Right. Yep. It's like it's like you met your hero, you hung out with your hero, and now you're looking for, now, now your hero is a person and you're looking for that next hero. Which is, yeah, I mean, I suppose. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just excited. I, I just need to get going. We need to get going. Yep. We need to get really rolling and once we do Oh, after going to a couple ice shows, it's gonna it's gonna light that fire. I think so. I think so. And the fire's there, don't get me wrong. It's just it just feels weird. It doesn't yeah. there's no we didn't have snow last year. We don't really have snow now. Mm-hmm. It's the ice is we don't it seems like we're every year we're having less of a less of middle time. It's I mean, we were talking about this at the deer shack this weekend about, you know, previous years deer hunting when we were younger, how much snow we had, how cold it was. And it seems like every year winter is being pushed back a week or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's a longer wait to get to Mm -hmm. that true winter feel that North Dakota brutal, you know, I do want to talk about, I know we're kind of talking about this year's season with fish addictions but yeah we're going to roll out just kind of a different a different platform so people don't know as we or we've talked about but we don't have like a full-time staff anymore mm-hmm. uh josh was part of that full-time staff uh he has reached out and wanted to still be a part of what's going on with fish addictions and uh we're doing it from a different angle basically and uh all the like, all the guys we're still buddies with all of them jim mm-hmm. taylor anthony Not uh, that chris chris uh uh, now we're still friends with Chris. Chris Rothmar? Yeah. <laughs> I like you, Chris. Yeah, dude. He's probably listening to this. I know. That's why now I he had hates to you. give him shit. No, <laughs> but he doesn't hate me because of that. He hates me because I'm the rock bass chair. I, I get it right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think it opens the door for everything that goes on. Uh, and it opens the door for us to fish with all the guys, people that enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be traveling, like literally traveling gypsies. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a little bit weird. It's going to be different for us, so so bear with us. But once we get going, you guys are going to get sick of us. Hopefully yeah. not sick of us, but no. you're going to be wondering, what the hell are these guys doing? Where are they at? You want to see the epitome of truck camping? Like, you will see a dirty pair of underwear somewhere along the way. <laughs> not yeah. on me, but probably in the corner of the truck camper. I hope, hope. Maybe yeah. on you. I don't know. You've seen me in my dirty underwear. I have. You went up to Canada. You took a swim. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're gonna have a lot of fun, and and really would like to get the viewers involved a little yeah, bit this absolutely. year, and and check out some of those weird bites that we've maybe never had the chance to do. We've always been held to a schedule. Yep. And right. last year we weren't really held to a schedule, but we were so used to being held to a schedule, it kind of ended up being that way. So when we're gone, we're gonna go. We're gonna show we're up. Gonna have we're gonna have fun. And I, it, we're going back kind of to 
the roots of what fish addictions all started with. We're going to go and we're going to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be Josh with us. It might be Taylor with us. It might, you know, the door's wide open and we're going to go. It might be you with us. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we're going to have some fun giveaways. I thought you said we needed to stop giving shit away to people. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Thor, I was going to make him the bad guy for a second. I well, I, hates, I have spent Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Chris. We're, we're, we've got some fun giveaways that are in the works. And we've been working out with some sponsors directly. We've got. We started the whole giveaway thing. We're, we got to be the biggest and the best. We started it. We kind of did. Yeah. Fight with me if, if you yeah. think we didn't, but we did. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who would have. Yeah. Well, we had to to get people to watch us. It was stuff with such <laughs> horse shit. Then, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just Maybe people will watch then. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But anyways, we really didn't get a lot talked about, but we will be at the shows. Uh, St. Paul Ice Show mm-hmm. will be there. Fargo Ice Show, we'll be there. Uh, come say hi and, and just BS with us. And yeah, yeah. Just talk fishing. Let us know if you've been out, where you've been. Give us all your secrets. If you got a hot bite, just let us know about it, not where it's at 100%. And there's a chance we yeah, might what the heck? show up. I mean, what you give us as much information yeah, as you'd yeah, like. Yeah, if they want to yeah. share it, like they're more yeah. than welcome to. <laughs> like, I'm not saying no to coordinates. <laughs> There's some really big things that could happen this year that uh, are are in the works that are yep. could be a lot of fun. Could be. I just really want to see you. I don't want to force this year. Yeah. I think that's what it that's, is. It's like the no bound. I, I'm I've been calling it to everybody the no boundaries tour. Yeah. Like, do we go the one to Cascade? Do we go up to the mountains? Do right. we? Why not? Right, I mean, as long as the pickup can get us there, I, I'm I'm a still I'm still a little torn on having this damn pickup camper in the back of my truck. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah, it does look cool. It doesn't look as goofy as I, you thought it would. It's pretty bitching. It looks pretty goofy. <laughs> nah, it looks I'm, it looks goofy. So it look goofy if we put it in the box of the Ranger. It didn't look goofy to you guys because I don't got big old buckles coming down the side and, <laughs> and I. It looks goofy. Nah, we'll figure it out. It's going to be fine. It looks goofy. It's going to be bitching. It looks goofy. The one thing that I think is going to be a big benefit is we pick a location, go to that location. We don't necessarily have to make it happen to make a schedule. Right. You know, so it gives gives, um, some flexibility to pull the plug on a certain bite and move to another bite. We can spend some time getting the local knowledge. Because mm-hmm. who knows? We could roll up to places and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out and fish here because, you know, there's supposed supposed to be some really good perch fishing there. And the guy at the bait shop's like, idiots. No, there's not. <laughs> but then, like, you go into his bait shop five more times, and he's like, all right, guys, here's the deal. Right. Like, the, like this is the juice. You should probably, like, I wanted to see how long you'd stick it out. Here's the honey hole. I'll be out there at three. Meet me at dark. <laughs> Meet me at dawn. Smell differently when you're awake. You smell different when you're awake. All right. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> One thing. Is that a TikTok? No. Thor, you smell different when you're awake. 
James Thor. I believe that's a Brian Collins thing. You smell different. No. Hunter's Helping Heroes, that guy said that to Nancy. I don't know. Oh, that's creepy. I wasn't there. One of the guys looked at her and said, you smell different when you're awake. And she was like, I'm going to go over here now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I never forgot that. And it is definitely weird. I think I I just say thank you. One thing we've been kicking around a little bit is going out to each location with a challenge. And I think it'd be cool if you guys could comment some challenges for us to consider, be it catch a limit of walleyes on a Swedish pimple for the first time. Yep. Or whatever you get creative with. I know there's going to be the cliche, no electronics, Mm. Barbie rods. We should do a palm rod episode. (laughs) Can we just go fly fishing? We can do that. I've been after you to do that for years. (laughs) You know it's bad when that's the alternative. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, held the palm rod once. Just, I don't know. They're fun. Okay. That's where you can have some fun with some little perch. Yeah. But, all right, guys. Well, Thor wanted to just BS and talk about random stuff, and you got what you got. Yeah. Actually, you had a little bit of a plan, and the plan did did not happen. Yeah, we derailed it. I mean, we we touched on it. We we talked about ice shows. You talked about Fargo. You talked about the live streaming of the seminars. Yeah. Yeah. Got it in there. We got it in. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning into this. Uh, if you guys got things that you want to hear us talk about and BS about, I mean, that's what it's about. We're not here to have a structured, we try to structure, but not structure, but we'll have some talking points and just see yeah. where it goes. Well, guys, next time you see us, we will have been on the ice somewhere, some, someplace, somewhere doing something. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll have some updates on the truck camper. Oh yeah. And yeah. the trailer and the new addition to the fish addictions fleet which I'm kind of really excited about. I know my family's excited about it. I'm pretty excited. I've told a lot. Of, I, I have told a lot of people. <laughs> yes, you have, because other people have been like, I heard you got this. I've told like three people. Okay. Guys. I've told is, three people that care. This is Fish Addictions, The Real Talk. I know you don't care, but we're out of here. <laughs>